and welcome once again to Crazy Comics and Stories. It's me, your charming and delightful old Uncle Rap Bastard. And at the other end of the series of tubes and wires that we call the internets. And Chinese birth- weather balloons. Is birthday boy. Yay! Joe, Crazy Writer. What have you been doing for your birthday today, Joe? I would like to say first hello to all our new listeners in China. Even though you may have to translate and some of our humor may not translate well, I, for one, welcome our new Chinese overlords. And I hope uh, if if you got any Chinese comics, I'm always up to swap some good old-fashioned American ones. I'm sorry, what was the question? Aren't we supposed to call it Jaina? Yeah, I suppose, unless you want to get sued. (laughs) That's what our previous president called it, Jaina. Jaina. Nothing can be fine on and waking up in China. Like, did you see? We were not nominated for a single Grammy. I, I saw like five minutes of the Grammys. I'm glad we weren't nominated. I saw. Well, I you asked earlier what I did for my birthday, and I do what I've been doing the last pre-COVID things. I got up and I went to the Jason Show, a show by local talk Jason Matheson. Because I love going there to look at the behind the scenes stuff, you know, how the cameras moved and and the directors and and, you know, just the countdown clock and things like that. And then you compare it to what you see on air. And it's it's just so much fun. And they're beginning to know me because this is like my third, fourth time going. And I got myself a mug, one of his exclusive mugs that he gives away for special occasions. Ooh, Yeah. And I get home, my wife's like, oh, great. What else do we need? I'm like, well, I gave him one of my Dallas diecast toys. He loved Jason Method is like a big Dallas fan. The old, uh, what was that, 1980s? Uh, I guess it was a primetime soap opera. Larry yeah. Hagan, Linda Evans. And he watched it with his grandma, which is why it became such a, a treasured memory for him. And he knows it backwards and forwards. Kind of like the way, you know, Jack Kirby trivia. It'll get back to comics, I promise. Anyways, so I went to that. That's where I saw a lot of my Grammy stuff. They they showed like when, oh, uh, brain fart, the host, Noah. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, thank you. He comes and he's talking about Beyonce and Lizzo went nuts like, where, where? Because that's like her big idol. She became a singer partially because of the influence of Beyonce. And then later on, I saw somewhere else that, uh, Trevor introduced the rock Dwayne Johnson to Beyonce because Beyonce is a big fan of the rock. Uh, just stuff like that. Uh, I loved. I also, he also showed things about Saturday night live, which I guess is actually becoming funny. Somebody said the last episode with, uh, Oh, the guy from the Mandalorian. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name. He said the whole episode was really rocking. It jived together. There are a couple spots where they, they kind of lost it, which for audience members is fun. But for Lauren Michaels, he hates that stuff. After that, I went to lunch to meet my, uh, well, he's been on our podcast, uh, Eric Johnson, Turbo. Sorry, Jack, Jack, Jackman. I'll get it right. Sorry, Eric. Anyways, he's uh, back in town and we had lunch. And I think uh, if we, well, we've talked like every day, like we do the podcast every week, we talk every time on the phone. So it was kind of interesting to get together and over a hamburger, we went down to Red Robin. Red Robin. Robin. Mm. Wait, isn't that a book coming from DC? 
Oh, we'll get to that. Anyway, so I, I by the uh, way, if Red Robin wants to send us uh, cheeseburgers, oh, oh, they're good, and and the endless fries, which were really good. So after that, I just came home, and uh, we're gonna have to rush through this air podcast because uh, my kids are coming over for cake. Well, actually, Dana's gonna Skype a call, but uh, so I got all sorts of fun things, and then later tonight, oh yeah, Chris is gonna give me my spanking. Perhaps you should edit that part out. And you went to the Ian Prairie Mall. I did. I just went to the Target because I was waiting for Eric to wake up because I was done by like 1130. And I had to give me some of my juice. You might have heard me pouring it while you were talking earlier. Ah. In case I get a case of dry mouth. So not bad. And the weather was really weird in Minnesota again. Nice, sunny, warm. And then it became cloudy with snow and rain and i heard thunder too go figure you heard thunder and lightning oh thunder (laughs) okay we put enough references in well we're not here to talk about your birthday no and believe me lord knows we never talk about mine for good reason yeah there's good reason because you're old (laughs) you're old I think uh, somebody said, hey, Corey, what's the last present you got on your birthday? Dumped. So (laughs) (laughs) it's time for previews, everybody. So this this one, I actually I I I have. Let's see. One, two, three DC connects. And I have two (laughs) marbles and I got one of the, the customer order form. And of course the big previews. So I've got plenty to recycle. I mean, uh, look at, we're working on previews number 413, February 23. As you long time listeners know, this is an interactive here podcast because we'll tell you what page is on and then you can look at it and decide if you want to add it to your list through your friendly neighborhood comic store. If not, well, thanks for listening anyways. Good night, everybody. Oh, and you know we 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 go off we go off topic. Kind of kind of like this whole opening, we. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <clears throat> so, on the cover, we have a new series from Ablaze, The Mighty Barbarians. Although I don't think it is a new series, it looks like it is a sequel to Barbaric. Is it mighty? They're barbarians. They loot, they plunder, they conquer. That's what they do. And they do it alone until now. Is that what they do do? I, I guess. And I like, well, we'll get to it or not. On the back cover is a new series from Image from, uh, let's see here. It is World Tree by James Tynan IV. And then on the sp- Fine. It is Kubrick's, which I have to admit, I was, I've, I've never, I'm not a toy guy, but I know Kubrick's are popular, but they just never quite appealed to me. These are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Kubrick's, and this previews is for April. All right, where are we? Who? Wait, what? Where? Image. Sorry, I'm on the wrong side. Well, first off, before we get to Image, I have a question about Free Comic Book Day, Joe. We're going to St. Cloud. I've already ordered four. No, 
You, me, Eric, and Butch. Look on page 38. Oh, do I have to? Yes. Oh, ooh, ah, ooh. There is the Etrigan the Demon. There are two Funkos. One is a Blacklight Chaser, and the other is just a regular Funko Pop figure of Etrigan the Demon. Mm-hmm. And I believe it is available from DCB Service. It is a previews exclusive, so it sh- it'll be any but anywhere that Diamond sells an account. Ah, it was in last month's previews. So yeah. I'm going to pull it up here so I could go over the cost. Uh, it says $13.99 retail. But we don't pay retail. No, but some people How do. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Although I am looking at that commemorative poster of artist Laura Brega. That'd be cool if you autograph it. January previews either. Well, why don't I just go to their website? You could, or we could just talk about it later and get on with the shoe. Of course, we can edit the boring stuff out. Yeah, we mean. I shouldn't say that. I know Here's just me talking about comics. I edited Joe out. Hmm. No, no, no. People would notice. So previews, Joe. First up is image. Image. I will jump you to page fifty-eight. And our old pal Howard Chaikin is at it again. Howard Victor Chaikin. Hey kids, comics, volume three, the schlock of the new. It's a six-issue series continuing his look. I guess rather. V- obvious not so obvious veiled look of the comic industry in this case a generation of artists ashamed of their careers have come to this scratching out a living entertaining children who wonder why anyone would want to do anything else with the birth of the comic industry comes the afterbirth a shadow twin that will sustain and occasionally sabotage it for generations to come that afterbirth is called fandom and of course, you can get this. This is the new version, Volume Three. The other two are available through Image Back Issue, as well as down in the corner there on page fifty-eight. All the other fun stuff that Howard Jakin does, which I think is a good idea. Listed as you know, it's offered again, and you can order it. And of course, your better comic shops will actually have it on the shelves for you. So. I love this series. Uh, if you've read the first two volumes, it covers the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and now he's going into the late 80s and the 90s with very, very, very thinly veiled um, portmanteaus of people in the comic industry. And if you have ever talked to Howard Chaikin, you knew exactly who he's talking about in these. If you know a little about uh, comic book creators in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know who he's talking about in these. And he has absolutely no problem dealing dirt on people and letting um, letting forth how they really are. Although I must admit, there's one thing that I he- I've heard, I, and I don't know if I've talked about it on the show or not, that Howard just, he'll never touch it because he loves the man. 
Gil Kane is in this series, and I don't remember his name, but you can always tell who Gil Kane is because he refers to everybody as my boy, which was an affectation that Gil Kane had. But he has not talked about the fact that Gil Kane used to swipe original art from the Marvel offices to the point where John Veer Putin who was, you know, the guy in charge of giving everybody their checks and production and everything. There was one time Gil Kane was coming in looking through art and John said, hey, Gil, let us publish it first before you steal it. <laughs> I don't I, about him walking off with stuff, but I don't yeah. recall antidote where he, uh, <laughs> right. but, you know, where he's like, hey, can we publish it first? Yeah. <laughs> But I do have a comic before that I'm going to point out. I, of course, buying it as a trade, but I want to point it out for people who like their first issues. And image first issues uh, tend to explode and go crazy. Terror War number one by Saladin Ahmed, who just got done with a long, really good run on Michael, on um, the Ultimate Spider-Man. And this is uh, Bay City was the last livable place on Earth. Now it's crawling with terrors, creatures that transform their victims' worst fears. Humanity's last hope, Muhammad Cho and his overworked, underpaid crew of freelance terror fighters. We're not heroes, we're contractors. And we get uh, three pages of art. And boy, that that last page, whoa. <laughs> that's one that'll blow blow your socks off at the detail of the the cityscape that they're going to be using it's one of those where wow that page probably took ages looks beautiful the art just looks beautiful by let me get the name here dave acosta i got a couple i'll just point them out page 60 page 61 if you're familiar with these you already know because they've been out before. Page 60 has Dr. Atomic, the pipe and dope book one shot. And this is just in time for 420. I believe the reason you'd know about it, because last year, I believe I recommended the Marijuana Man hardcover by the same creator team. So this is completely remastered for a new generation. It's the stoner's guide, do-it-yourself guide to making pipes, building a greenhouse, the care and maintenance of home growing, how much to make hashes, how to make it, and much, much more. Whether you're new to culture, a seasoned veteran, this is the, oh yeah, the only reference book you'll ever need. Across from it is a one-shot sweet paprika, black, white, and pink, doing the shtick where they're only publishing it in certain colors. It's the sexiest comedy of 2022. And, of course, what's nice about it is they show you the different variant covers that you can get, including, oh, my, a hot polybag variant. Woo! All the other stuff is offered again, so you can jump on board if uh, you've been picking these up in the past. Uh, and what else you got for us, Mr. Strode? Uh, if you go to page 69, <laughs> Uh, Black Science Compendium, the entire series by Rick Remender, art by Matteo Scalera, Moreno DiCineo, and Dean White. 
Ben Bruno, if you're out there, you can always call in and tell us. Ah, oh, yeah, dumb buns. That's not how I pronounce my name. This is issues one through 43, all in one paperback book. I like that uh, image is doing this stuff. I enjoyed these. Then flip the page to page 71. There is Postal. All 25 issues of that in a trade paperback. That is by Matt Hawkins and Brian Edward Hill. Art by Isaac Goodhart and Raphael Ineco. Welcome to Eden, Wyoming, a town founded by criminals for criminals where crime is not tolerated, but a terrible murder shatters the fragile peace of this remote town, driving local postman Michael Schifron down a twisting path toward the truth about his hometown and himself. After all, as the son of its co-founders, Eden is his birthright. I double the... uh kudos for those two compendiums because first of all, it's the whole kit and caboodle and I have them down on my list. And that's pretty much it all for me. Image wise. Anything else you want to point out, Corey? Uh, Joe, I can't believe you skipped page 72. I didn't say skipped it. Doesn't mean I'm going to order. I can't believe you aren't ordering what's on page 72. Well, who says I didn't put it already as a comic? Shirtless Bear Fighter, volume two. Finally. The man, the myth, the legend, shirtless bear fighter returns. A war on bearer. Yeah, I it's shirtless bear fighter. Oh yeah, I think the first one was hilarious. This one looks to be just as good. Yeah, I picked that baby up as issues. So, and I believe that is it for me with image. Other than the stuff I normally pick up. Now, the next one up is Boom! And I've got one thing. I'm not buying it, but I do want to point out, if you're a fan of The Expanse TV show, it's officially living on at Boom. A 12-issue miniseries starting. See, written by Andy Dingle, illustrated by Rubine. By the way, that's Diggle. I, that's okay. I was just happy to say Rubine without messing it up. <laughs> Picking up after the final season of the acclaimed and beloved sci-fi series and filling in the missing years between Expanse, Babylon Ashes, and the Expanse, how do you say that? Persepolis? Persepolis? Yes, Persepolis. Okay, I got it right the second time. So, 12-issue story. There will probably be a graphic novel, but if you want to jump right on board, Again, this is one of those things I'm not looking, I'm not a Expanse fan yet, but I'd point it out just in case you are, you might overlook Boom, and you're going to be glad we mentioned this. Anything Boom for you? No, not really. All right, on to the Dark Horse. Let's see as I flip my pages. Oh, paper cut. Oh, we don't have any health plan, do we yet? Health okay. plan? This All is right. America. Pay for it yourself. Page 134. All eight eyes. Four-issue series in the forgotten corners of post-9-11 New York City. Skittering shapes in the darkness prey upon the people society leaves behind. College dropout Vin Spector floats through life in a drug and party-fueled haze till one terrible night sweeps it into a drifter's reckless war against the giant eight-legged horrors stalking the city. They say Jaws meets arachnophobia. 
So if you like terror from Eisner nominated writer Steve Fox and dread inspiring artist Peter Kowalski, this is it for you. A couple pages of preview art. And hey, yeah, I, I, nothing freaks me out more than giant spiders. So I'm, I'm on board with this one. And you pick it up as a four issue series or, you know, Dark Horse is really good at getting these babies out on trades. Speaking of trades, on page 137, Fafrid and the Grey Mouser Omnibus. Fritz Lieber ranks among the giants of fantasy science fiction visionaries, capturing multiple Hugo Nebula and World Fantasy Awards and influencing a generation of writers. And his most renowned creations are the swashbuckling Fafrid and the Grey Mouser series. These are all the comic adaptations, including the DC ones from the 70s in their comic Sword and Sorcery, which they thought would be an answer to Conan the Barbarian. Spoiler, it wasn't. The uh, epic Fafford and the Grey Mouser, and I believe there are one or two other comics that have had the characters. I love these novels. Back when, uh, after I had read Lord of the Rings, I wanted to read all of the fantasy series I could get. Fafford and the Grey Mouser, basically a collection of short, short stories over six books. Really fun fantasy series. You've got art by Howard Chaikin. Very young Howard Jakin. Mike Mignola, a uh, regular uh, normal age Mike Mignola. Uh, Walt Simonson, Jim Starlin, Al Williamson. Excellent, excellent stuff. Nice to have it all in one volume. Joe? If you're a fan of Adam Warren's Empowered, volume 12 will be coming out. It's on 152. I've loved Empowered ever since it started or I discovered it. And if you want to catch up down below with the codes, which your local comic store will love you if you bring them in, you'll see Empowered Unchained Volume 1, and then it goes to Omnibus 2 and 3. But in Volume 12, Costume Crime Fighter Empowered is trapped in her surreal nightmare scenario as her universe begins spontaneously rebooting again and again with Variation more twisted and bizarre than the last. Can our befuddled superheroine somehow undo this inexplicable, never-ending reboot while simultaneously steering her love light in a boldly polymorgious? Did I even say that right? Yeah. Thug boy and Ninjet. Or is this the end for Imp and her chaotically convulsing cosmos? So anytime Adam's got something coming up, I'll recommend it. And it's been a while since volume 11. If you can find it, pick it up. Otherwise, you got the their versions of the omnibuses right down below. If you go back to page 147, the Kevin Smith miniseries Quick Stops is out as a hardcover. And if you flip to page 150, the third volume of G. Willow Wilson's Air is out with the help of none other than Amelia Earhart. Blythe has begun to harness her perplexing power and is one step closer to controlling time and space. But when the fragmented trail of her mysterious love leads her into the dangerous territory of double agents, metalhead jihadists and an alarming backstory, Blythe will need to control more than just reality. She'll need to manage her own suspicions and her addictions. This is from 
G. Willow Wilson, who created Ms. Marvel, has done a lot of wonderful work. And it's through Berger Books. So Karen Berger, who was the editor of Vertigo Forever and Ever, is the one putting this book together. I just finished the first volume. It's very, very good. Anything else in Dark Horse for you, Joe? I have one more thing to talk about, and I will point out, because we're real fans of details. As you know, this particular preview is for books coming out in April. But if you look in the small print, all the trade paperbacks for Dark Horse are coming out in June. So if you don't see them in April, don't panic. They weren't supposed to come out in April. Ah! Why Dark Horse is doing it, but who cares? They got some decent stuff, such as on page 153, past tense. This is one of those where I'm pretty sure I talked about it and said I'm picking up at a trade, so I just want to point it out. Ashley is a tour guide at Past Tense, a company that sends camera drones into the past to view history's most depraved events. When Ashley discovers Celia's Green, an unknown serial killer working in the past, she begins hosting exclusive tours of his murders. The only problem? Celia's is still alive in the presence. And, and when he learns of his newfound infamy, he's inspired to come out of retirement to make Ashley his final victim. No time to hide in this neo-noir thriller from indie comic veterans Jason McNamara and some people, Alberto and Paul, well, Paul Little, but I'm not going to try to slaughter your name, Alberto. I Too much respect for this, but I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, if you go back to page 151, these are two books I already have. Erie Archives, Volume 1 in Trade Paperback. That's right, it's $24.99 for the first, I think it is, five issues of Erie, including the next to impossible to find Ashcan issue, which they had to put out because they were scared that some other uh, scumbag publisher was going to put out a magazine called Erie. So they had to rush it onto the stands first. And, um, I, I have books from that scumbag publisher, by the way. I get them through Guantana Land. Also on the same page, EC Archives Vault of Horror, Volume 3. You've heard me gush about EC. Uh, the horror books were their best-selling books. The art is amazing. Stories are fun. They pretty much created the blueprint blueprint for every horror comic and most horror stories that came afterward. And for me... That is it for Dark Horse. You don't happen to have $17,995 in your back pocket, do you? Let me check. That will include $79.95 for uh, shipping. Because I found an Erie number one, but it's the second print. Let me see. I got about tree fitty. Tree fitty. Tree fitty. That sounds good. Yeah, I don't say, I, other than that, I don't see any ash cans on the, on the base. Good luck with that, too. Uh, Joe, what's up for Dynamite? Well, Dynamite seems to be doing really, really well, picking up various licenses from Disney. Their next one up, they've had, they had a really smash hit with Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Sold Like Crazy. Next one up, Disney Villains, Scar Number 1. And you either know who he is from Lion King or you don't, and that's about as far as I'm going to go, because the question is, how far will Scar go when he realizes he can never rule Pride Rock? So no idea where this fits in continuity. However, I see they didn't use his his title. Nope. See, when a lion is king among lions, they they don't 
refer to him as sir they they shorten it to just s yep and you see and, and then it would be how far will s cargo I, I hope Corey's attempt at a dad joke doesn't reflect poorly on Dynamite's offering. If it, if it does, you can go to page 164. They've got some preview art. they got some article, And, of course, an article from the creator, Chuck Brown and Trevor Fraley. So I may actually, the one I may try to get, they're offering the R.I. sign. We buy Chuck Brown that comes with this. And a lot of times, if a discount comic book service doesn't offer them, I might end up going to Tim up at Granite City to see if he has them. On page 170, a book I don't buy, but I'm pointing it off. You're a James Bond fan. 007 for King and Country is back. Dynamite's 70th anniversary Bond adventure begins in April. See writer Philip Kennedy Johnson, artist Giorgio Spalletta. Lots of variant covers. They've got the Virgin covers if you're so inclined. There's an article, some preview art, and on page 174, all the previous stuff that Diamond has offered oh, goes on to one page 176 as well. The last thing I have is on page 194. There is the Elvira, Mistress of the Darkness, the Classic Years Omnibus Volume 2 hardcover. This is putting the stuff that was originally published by Claypool Comics, which itself is difficult to find. Not that they're terribly collectible. This, there was a lot of it, and I think you, you were either a fan or you weren't, and Claypool was smaller press back then, and, you know, oh, we needed more X-Men variants. Ah, very good. So this is your chance to get caught up. First time in 30 years, a brand new volume of Murder, Mayhem, and Monkey Business. And you can even get a signed version if you want. And of course, a lot of creators here, Jim Mooney, Frank Storm, David Cockrum. The, the list goes on and on. If you really don't have enough Elvira, look down below. There's her 40th anniversary trading card set wax packs. So couple new number ones going on as well as their normal fun and shenanigans now what dc sure all right folks this is one of let's see oh i got three of them boy which one do i want to do okay i'll do this one i haven't opened this one yet so we're doing oh, now it's not pristine mint anymore so, i throw these away i should save these because we've talked about it in the past a lot of times like the full first appearance of this person predates the comic and they show up in previews and marvels and whatever, but I ain't doing it. So this is issue number 33, says February 2023. And I'm really interested in right away on page two. They're calling it the dawn of DC, where all these characters are apparently coming out with number ones. And here's your green arrow number one. The Emerald Archer is lost. Well, that's a hell of a thing to do on a poor guy in his number one issue. Well, it's going to take Oliver Queen's whole family to find him. And if you don't have an idea who's who, you can look on page two because there's, I think that's cover A that has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five
14, 15 people of the Arrow family. Ha, take that, Batman and Superman. So they're going to try to find them, but dangerous forces are determined to keep them apart at any cost. This all spins out of Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths, all that fun stuff. Joshua Williamson, Sean Izeski. Izeski? Give me a call, Sean. And, of course, lots of variant covers. Frank Cho, a foil cover by Frank Cho. A very, you know what? I, I think I've mentioned it before, those blank sketch covers. Holy moly. Some of those have gone up in price more than your regular variant covers. I think because now that artists are getting used to actually doing sketches at cons on comics. So if, like I did with Supergirl, because that's kind of the thing I like, buy a ton and a half of them, because uh, if you're going back to find them, it's going to cost a little. What's first for you on the DC hit parade? How's your hole? Family, how's your hole? Family. Uh, you go to page 16. Oh, that's on mine too. DC Speechless by Gustavo Duarte. Is that all we want to say about this? Should we just have a couple minutes of quiet? No, it's oh, this is not the best of Marcel Marceau. Oh. So this is a silent comic by Gustavo Duarte. Brings his style of humor to the DC universe with short stories featuring funny moments of your favorite superheroes' lives. It is a 56-page comic for $5.99. It's a pantomime comic. I like these one-shots. I looked at the art on on the page and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this looks really fun. This looks well worth it. So I'm picking this one up. Joe? I have nothing else comic-wise. Same here. Okay, well, let's jump right into the graphic novels then. And even in the graphic novels, first of all, I I didn't this this may be a month for me for compendiums because I don't have any omnibuses down that I need to buy. They they don't have any omnibuses with DC this month. Or well, even Marvels. <laughs> a lot of Marvels were all reprints. Yeah. Reprintings, I should say. But there's a couple of things I'll point out if you've never ever bought these, you might want to pick them up because they're just fun reading. And I'll mention them quick. The first one on page 31, History of the DC Universe. This came yes. out right after Crisis on Infinite Earths. I have somewhere the signed copy, and I I had the actual comics. Sometimes you find the comics in the dollar bins or just really cheap, so it's possible to find it. But to get them in a really nice, is this, is this a hardcover or softcover? Hardcover format. It highlights the art by George Prez, Carl Kessel, written by Marv Wolfman. It'd be interesting to read to see how much of this is just doesn't matter anymore with all the reboots. Although the multiverse is back. Underneath it, if you've never, ever read Batman, Vengeance of Bane, facsimile edition, this is your chance to revisit the first appearance of the man who broke the bat. And this came out before the actual back breaking. So for people who are in Batman, I almost had to hit them over the head because right now I think everybody was all excited about the death of Superman, which was going on. But you also had to stop and go, hey, you're going to want to pick this up because this will tie in. And, of course, there were people that didn't. And then, of course, the price went up. It, I don't think it stayed up, unlike Thanos Quest, which really stayed up there. So but here's your chance. you know. And I feel weird 
recommending a book that I bought at cover price once upon a time. But this is your chance to get it. And the fun thing with facsimiles, everything's in there just like I saw it when it first came out. I want to point out, although I'm not buying them, the Dark Crisis hardcovers on page 22 and 23. If you pick this up, you get pretty much the entire Dark Crisis. There are a few issues here and there. Yeah, they don't collect the Flash tie-ins. A couple other tie-ins don't show up. I am waiting for the inevitable omnibus because they because they do omnibuses of these big events. But if you cannot wait, this is where to pick up the the story of Dark Crisis. Yeah, there wasn't even a compendium this month, was there? No, they they do have a compendium. There's the Tom Strong compendium on page. Yes, 47. okay. Yes, I am picking that up. I now, bought this those is what I thought comics, was weird. But they were a while ago. What I think is weird on this one, if you recall, last week I was talking about Miracle Man, who they say was written by the original writer. Here they're like, yeah, Alan Moore done did this. Because Alan Moore still retains the copyright. And Remember, probably, this was done probably, This was done uh, under the America's Best Comics. And he probably won't ever uh, do any work for DC anyway. So what do they care? Yeah. Here's your Ratchman check. Go away. <laughs> but no, this I definitely recommend. And then across from it, if you've never, ever read it, Absolute V for Ventetta. The Absolute, of course, is an oversized edition. So you can actually check out David Lloyd's big art and just enjoy it. Somewhere in here also is the Sandman, Absolute Sandman Overture Edition. Which I may pick up because that overture, first of all, it's a sequel, prequel to the entire Sandman run. Don't, I've, I've been telling people, especially people who are just getting involved in Sandman because of the TV show at Netflix, do not read this until you've read everything else because it spoils things and it won't make a lick of sense because you're going to be going, who in. Blue Blazes is this. It is on page 29, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I wasn't going to mention it, but I figure as long as we're talking compendiums and absolutes. And of course, my copy is with my lovely daughter who has her own copy. And I'm dying to read this. And I figure it'd be easier for me to just order the absolute. And again, enjoy the big art. It'll sit next to my death absolutes. Or... I don't know. I, I I have the Death Absolute, and of course, I just popped up the Complete Death hardcover. I I'm so wishy-washy. If I want to read it, I just want to pick it up. So, so that's it for me, DC-wise. Anything else jump out at you, Corey? Nope, that was it for me. The Tom Strong uh, Compendium was the last thing that I had. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to that. And because there's no omnibuses, I got. I mean, all the compendiums were mentioned. There's no way I can afford them. All. But I got to decide which ones I really want. And as I don't think I have a lot of Tom Strong, this one definitely is on the list. Now you go to Marvel. And this is number 17, the Marvel previews, February for April shipping products. And boy, which one did I read before? Oh, well, I'll, I'll this one. Is, oh, oh, now it's not worth anything. Anything. Oh, well. Okay, this one is 
let's see. Page two. Right away. Uh, page two again. Planet of the Apes. Now, I think this is based off the movies, the, the later movies, not the earlier movies. Yes. Okay. So I'm just pointing this out because, again, all the first issues seem to be going crazy at Marvel's. Pick this bad boy up, even if you're not going to read it or enjoy it. You got a bunch of variant covers to try. So I thought when I got excited thinking it was from the original Planet of the Apes, which is kind of my sweet spot for Planet of the Apes. But it's your chance to jump right on. Just point it out because there it is right there on page two. Pick it up. You know, you're going to love it. Uh, on page seven, we have a new Guardians of the Galaxy series. One year ago, the Guardians of the Galaxy were destroyed. Their optimistic futures shattered by the betrayal of one of their own. Now they ride, they ride the space lanes of in a lawless corner of the galaxy, trying to outrun their tragedy. You knew there was going to be a new Guardian series because there's a new Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming out. It's weird that the movies are so popular, and yet the comic never really seems to catch on. If you I to- don't get it. Yeah, if you go to page nine, tied into that a little bit, Rocket Raccoon Marvel Tales, which has the Rocket Raccoon miniseries one through four. Bill Mantlo teamed up with superstar in waiting Mike Magnolia. I did not think much of this series when it came out. I've reread it. I still don't think much of it. But for $7.99, I mean, good Lord, those back issue prices are insane. And I remember picking it up and hoping it was better. Yeah, but boy, Mike Magnola's art was cool. It was. And then underneath it, unless you happen to have a Strange Tales 178 lying around, here's your chance to get a facsimile edition. What I loved about this is way back when with my old dentist, and I know in in the past, oh my God, I was 44 when we started this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, my dentist was, him and his son were buying comics. I don't think they were slabbing them, but they were just buying comics from Veston. And I told him, well, you probably want to get this Strange Tales 178 because it just showed up at the Guardians movie and it's a first appearance anyways, so it's going to be good. And his he came back the next time I went in. He goes, my son was genuinely impressed you recommended that. Anything else? <laughs> so, anyways, I love facsimile editions. I know I don't have this because I sold it years ago. I have it I think I bought the omnibus that has yet to ship. And I know I have it in reprint somewhere, but I'll, I'll pick this up just because it'd be fun to read. Like, is it the ads and look at some of the coming now and looking at what else was there? Hey, Corey, look on the next page. Yeah. What? We get a, a new Warlock miniseries from Ron Mars and Ron Lim. Cool. I will pick this up as a trade, but I like the fact that they are uh, reuniting classic teams for miniseries. I do love the, I, I know I got an, an, an internet. It was, it was a good discussion with somebody on the interwebs because they're saying, if you look down on page 10 in the middle panel of the black and white preview, there is, I, I don't know what she's called now. Her. her. Is she back to her? She well, she's going to be getting a, a new name. She's okay. going to be getting a new name. 
because they were kismet for a while, and people were fetching because, oh, she's supposed to be more powerful than Warlock. And I said, yeah, but have you seen the shit Warlock's gone through the last couple of years? Plus, I always contend way back when in that Marvel 2-in-1 book, when she was still her, she was still her. Oh, God, no wonder pronouns suck. <laughs> her resurrected Adam Warlock's original body, which was buried on an asteroid with Pip and I think Gamora. Yep. And then she discovered there was no soul because at the time the soul gem was God knows where. This was before Infinity Gems were a big thing. And she just put the body back. Never said what she did with it. Did she return it to the previous state? Was it just living and decaying? Would it just be there still the way her left it? I don't know. They've never. It's one of those what-if questions in the Marvel Universe that, again, if an astute writer, psst, Ron Mars, could bring it up or not. We'll find out at Marvel Rebirth. Be cool if they went back to that, which could explain why Gamora. And now the weird thing is, how is Gamora running around with Adam Warlock when way back on the previous page, she's obviously hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, we'll, oh, well. see. We'll find out. April's not that far away. On page 12, we get another of the one shots that Ralph Macchio. No, not that Ralph Macchio. <laughs> really? Writes, writes for Marvel. Uh, Ralph Macchio was an editor at Marvel forever and ever and ever. And he retired. But now he writes these one shots that are in continuity but are kind of a, hey, this movie's coming out. Here's a story to introduce you to all these characters. So, Which, as a retailer, probably works better for somebody coming in going, hey, what? could you show me a Guardians of the Galaxy comic? Rather than, yeah, which volume? How many different Guardians of the Galaxy do you want? Speaking of, of weird, I mean, go to page 37, which is my next book. Marvel Voices, Spider-Verse number one, which is an awesome assembly of Marvel's Mightiest and including, I think, a new Spider-Verse character, which I wanted to point out. Because I think if you looked in the previous page, it looks like Dan Slott's doing his best to end the Spider-Verse. Yes. So anyways, here's your chance. Pick it up. Different voices. It's all new selection of interdimensional adventures from some of Marvel's freshest and finest creators, each bringing their own unique perspective and stylings to the web of life and destiny. I, I point that out because I know, I think I told the story, or maybe I didn't, where I was at the source and a woman was looking very perplexed and I talked to her. She's trying to find a comic for her 16-year-old son to get into. And of course, my brain is like, oh, you're I you know, explained why graphic novels are better because it's a complete story. Otherwise, you're, it's like walking into a soap opera and trying to figure out what's what. But we did finally jump on. I believe I found a Mile Morales number one, and I found the origin of Marvel one shot, which we talked about a couple months ago. And I said, these are the original ones from like before we were born. And if he likes those, you can find the reprints, but this will kind of give him a foot on so he'll at least know the basics of the character. Because no matter what happens in the stories, 
they're still pretty much the same. You know, even though Miles Morales is a newer creator, newer, newer creation rather than Peter Parker, which he knows from the movies and that. So, but anyways, this is something I want to point out, especially for you guys who love those first appearance of characters, because there's a one, there's three people in the background that are silhouetted. We don't even know who they are yet. You heard it here first. Well, you always hear it here, here first. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're way ahead of it. Joe, what is the best-selling Marvel comic of all time? Uh, Sold 9 million copies. I'm trying to, th- you know, this is where my brain plays tricks because I'm trying to think of the Spider-Man, X-Men, or X-Factor. X-Force. I want to go with X-Men. It was. Hey. Well, if you can't find one at your local comic shop, <laughs> there's a facsimile edition. Woohoo! As well as X-Men number one from yeah. 1963. But the fact that they are doing a facsimile edition of the most the most popular comic of all time to where I, I, where was it? There was a shop I went to while I was um, driving down to Illinois, not last year, but two years ago. And they still had X-Men number one on the stands. I was like, wow, you still got this X-Men number one from blah, blah, blah. I thought it was worth, you know, at least, you know, 10 bucks or so. They're like, oh my God, we still have three cases (laughs) at the back. Oh yeah. Yeah, because there were what gold editions or something tied into all those things, those those holograms you could get as things. I remember when Pat and I opened the store. We bought the store and we're going through it, and in the back we found a case of X Men 1991 number ones, gatefold editions that had not been opened, and so we just put them out on the shelf, and we sold them. Some and then we might have done other things like give them away or. <laughs> Somebody, a kid, come in here, have this, you know. Have an X-Men number one. People started buying them because, you know, everybody they're hot. They evaporated. They disappeared. Yeah, they were like 500 in everybody's closet. Well, guess what? We had new ones. We put them out. So we had fun with that. I'm going to recommend a Star Wars book because usually I don't. I do want to go back, though, Joe. Uh-oh. Back, What's back, on the, back. On the next page, page 47, Marvel Tales number one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miracle Man. It has Miracle Man number one, the stories from uh, Warrior 1 through 11, etc., etc. These are the stories that were reprinted in Miracle Man 1 through 4 in 2014. We actually reviewed this last week. So you can pick up, basically it's book one, because the way Alan Moore put it together, it was book one, book two, book three, book four. And Neil Gaiman's doing the same thing, except his is the Golden Age, the Silver Age, and I forget. Is the next one the Modern Age I or the Bronze Age? I, I don't know. We haven't even gotten that far yet. But uh, this, it's uh, $9.99. It is polybagged for your protection. Yes. But you're not going to be able to get book one as a trade paperback at cover price. So here you could get it for $9.99. I finally just opened my... Holly bag ones because it was took up so much room in my boxes. I haven't read them yet, but I, I got them there. And then the other number one that I'm going to point out before we get to Star Wars is on page 49, Captain America Cold War Alpha. The you know how there are two Captain America series, one with uh, Sam 
Sam Watson and so I'm sorry, Sam Wilson and one with uh, Steve Rogers. This is the crossover that they have been building to. So it is called Captain America Cold War. Um, this is the cross crossover between the two books. Oh, and soon to be an omnibus, I hope. But well, I don't know if it. I don't know if it'll be big enough to be an omnibus unless they put all of the Captain America Truth and Sentinel of Liberty in one book. And across from it, of course, is the Timeless Modoc Virgin variant cover by Alex Ross. So you had a Star Wars book. Yeah, it's Star Wars on page 67. Darth Vader, black, white, and red. Dark Lord the Sith like you've never seen him before, and you know the deal. Just like the previous black, white, and red series produced by Marvel Comics, Darth Vader now takes the spotlight for tales of terror by some of the industry's most talented creators. Peach Momoku, Jason Aaron has part one. There's four issues with this. Again, pick it up like this or wait for the trade. They don't show any of the variant covers, but I hope that I can't tell the the one they show is just killer right on top there that the black white and red art all right sorry i'm I'm being distracted i have nothing nothing else beyond this because there was not a single omnibus or trade that interests me from marvel however i do sit back and listen to Corey because sometimes he'll say something and i'll go "Ooh, i'll pick that up all right first off is miles morales spider-man by Saladin Ahmed, who I talked about a little earlier. He completed a run on Miles Morales' Spider-Man, went 42 issues. Really, really well done. There was a Clone Saga in here, by the way. What is it with Spider-Man and Clone Sagas? I like Saladin Ahmed's run. It was not as good as his Black Bolt series. His Black Bolt series blew me away. This was just solid superhero storytelling, Miles Morales is a character who appeals to a younger audience, so it wasn't as dark as the Black Bolt series was, but still really good. On the next page is an omnibus. I understand why they're putting it out, but I'm not interested in it. That is Wonder Man the Early Years. There's going to be a Wonder Man TV series uh on disney plus in a while so there's not a lot of wonder man out there to be reprinted so this gathers up all the wonder man stories from his first appearance in avengers number nine then he brought was brought back by steve engelhart and avengers 150 and we will never know what steve engelhart wanted to do with them because steve engelhart was fired after that issue because issue 150 no it was 151 he brought it back but issue 150 he was so late with the script they had to put a reprint in avengers 150 you realize we're being not only being sued by dc but by wonder bread (laughs) but this gathers up all the stories up to his the first issue of his solo series which i got bit by the collector bug i thought that the artist dave johnson would be a huge star And while he's very well-known and very well-respected in the industry, he's not somebody, you know, I thought he's going to be like the next Jim Lee. That didn't happen. So I have 
20 issues of Wonder Man number one, which uh, good luck selling them now since the guy who wrote it is a convicted convicted uh, owner of child pornography. Oh. Uh. But this reprints all of the Wonder Man stories up to his first issue. Then they are there is a second Phoenix omnibus and I didn't pick up the first Phoenix omnibus because it's jumping around and a lot like the Loki omnibus where, okay, I get it. But with the Phoenix story early on, it would jump around. And if you're reprinting these issues up to that, well, that story ends on a cliffhanger and yes, Jean Grey's not in the next three issues, but you're leaving story on cliffhanger. And well, this is all the stuff from after, Jean Grey had died up to her return and then a few issues of X-Factor and Excalibur telling the story of the Phoenix, even if Jean Grey is not involved. Because remember there for a while, Rachel, her, her daughter from an alternate future became the Phoenix. This one I actually mentioned a little while back. Sigil Omnibus. Sigil was a series through CrossGen, and Disney bought CrossGen. You know, CrossGen lasted about four years. They they went bankrupt. Disney bought them up because they wanted one book, and that was Oscabed. They were going to turn it into an animated movie, and then instead they turned it into a couple of books, but they owned all of uh, CrossGen. So now they've given CrossGen to Marvel, and Marvel's going to be putting out omnibuses. The first one is Sigil, which was by Barbara Kessel, Mark Wade, Chuck Dixon, Tony Bedard, with art by Ben Lai, Steve McNiven, Kevin Sharp, Paul Pelletier, Eduardo Barreto, George Perez, Ron Wagner. They are reprinting Avengers Omnibuses 1 and 2. They are reprinting Invincible Iron Man Omnibus Volume 1. And then we get to the Marvel Masterworks, which at this point just make me depressed <laughs> because they're reprinting stuff that I bought off the stands. Um, Contest of Champ is in this, as well as Incredible Hulk 256 through 265. Fantastic Four, we're getting near the, we're, we're basically at the end of John Byrne's run. This is uh, 269 through 277, as well as annuals and the entire last galacta story joe what is the problem with the last galacta story i'm not sure john byrne never finished it oh sorry i'm thinking when you said john byrne i'm thinking his original run of it but no no i hear you well he didn't finish his original run of the fantastic four either he left no. halfway through a story and left it up to roger stern to to finish it another reprint no, this is a new one. That's right. This is a new one. What if Into the Multiverse? This reprints the second What If series. And this is What If 1 through 39. When What If came back, they were no longer double-sized. It was a regular-sized comic. And it lasted a whole lot longer than the original. But I still think the original was better. And then we get into the trade paperbacks, the ones that I'm picking up are Trials of X, Volume 10, continuing the reprint of the X-Men stories 
that are being done now in the order that you need to read them. They are reprinting The Hood, the saga of Parker Robbins, one of the new villains of the Marvel Universe. They have put him out in a book for the first time in a long time, which probably means he's going to be ending up in a movie sometime soon. And Oh, and I do want to go over the Epic Collections. X-Force Epic Collection, Volume 8, which reprints 95 through 100 of X-Force, as well as the annuals from that time. Generation X, Volume 3. This is, I believe, yep, this is a last batch of stories by Scott Lodell and Chris Bacalo. And then after they left, the series kind of fell apart pretty fast. I know Joe said that he's, you know, not picking up anything. But ladies oh. and gentlemen, I need to let you know something. He's lying. I am. Yes. Because I know that you're buying this. You you just don't want anybody to know. Iron Man Epic Collection number 21, oh. Iron Man the Crossing. Ha! I don't have to buy the crossing. I have the omnibus. <laughs> Iron Man murderer Kang the Conqueror weaves a complicated plot that pits the Avengers against Tony Stark. That's right. We find out that Kang, that Tony Stark Stark has been an agent of (gasps) Kang the Conqueror since before he became Iron Man. Shocked. Shocked, I tell you. (laughs) There's only one one way to save this. Uh, Kill everybody and start over? Well, yeah, but we could go back and get a teen Iron Man before Kane got his fingers in him. That makes perfect sense. It's certainly better than cloning him. I am interested in the one on the next page because I don't think they've reprinted this anywhere. Unless the uh, Masterworks got into these issues. That is Sergeant Fury Epic Collection number two. This reprints Sergeant Fury 20 through 36, annuals one and two. This is when Stan Lee handed it off to Roy Thomas. Dick Ayers had already been drawing it for quite some time. This was basically, uh, this and X-Men were lower selling books. So Stan felt he could hand them off to Roy Thomas to see if Roy could handle it. And I think Roy did okay. We like you, Roy. Also, uh, one of the epic collections that was actually printed before it was an epic collection, and now they've just reprinted it under the epic collection moniker, Maximum Carnage. Oh, my God, this story was huge when it came out. Oh, I remember buying it for my nephew because he was playing the video game and he loved it. The graphic novel and the video game. I'll warn you, don't go back and read it. Oh, well, oh. it oh. might hold up. I mean, this is back when the heroes were more moral. I see. I read it, and the problem with it is, when it comes out as a monthly comic, them repeating the same scenes isn't oh. as much of a pain in the ass. But I can't tell you how many times I got so tired of Peter Parker. I don't know what to do. Mary Jane needs saved. These people are going to die, but I can't kill Carnage. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. We do get a She-Hulk epic collection, 
reprinting the Steve Gerber issues, which I don't know if they've ever been reprinted before. And I believe. Oh, and the uh, smaller Marvel Masterworks, they do a Captain America Volume 2. So those are really fun. I had not seen those. Basically, they have scaled down the size of the Marvel Masterworks for the Scholastic Book Fairs. And I finally saw one uh, when we were running around on Black Friday. And it's a really cool package. If I were a kid and I got those, I'd be all over them. Kind of like you and I were for the pocketbooks that reprinted the early Marvel stuff. And that's it for Marvel. And now, the rest of the comics. I will start us off on page 224 under the... I have that too. Yep. The Michael Moorcock Library Multiverse Volume 1. I absolutely love Michael Moorcock. It's one of the few books I recall reading. My cousin hand me first the Chronicles of Corum, and then I got into Elric. After that, I didn't do the Eternal Champion, but what was fun is, of course, all three of them interweave, and it was fun because you knew they were going to meet. Anyways, this is more of the multiverse. His most celebrated characters collide in this multiversal saga. It collects Michael Moorcock's multiverse one through six. If you didn't pick it up then, you've got some nerve. I mean, here's your second chance to pick it up. Michael Moorcock, of course, wrote it. Walt Simonson, John Ridgway, Mark Reeve did the art. If that panel on page 225 doesn't blow your mind away, forget, forget the last 30 seconds that I've talked about this. And uh, this is volume one. It was a 12 issue miniseries when DC published it. So volume two will be the second half of the story. Woohoo! And what was the one that I wanted to point out here? Well, if you want no, to that's look Titan it up. Comics. Okay. No, oh, yeah. it, no, it's Aftershock. I wanted to point out Aftershock. They're in bankruptcy protection. So they only have two comics. And then if you notice, they use the rest of their pages to, hey, please buy this stuff in our warehouse. Please. Let's hope they don't turn into like, um, what is it? Avatar. Avatar Bobby. and Boundless. Boundless. Where it's every month. Hey, we still have stuff in our warehouse. Please come that's buy deep, it. That's a deep cut. Broadway comics. <laughs> Broadway doesn't have anything in their warehouse nope, anymore. Nope. For me, the next run is on page 258, 259. I'll probably be recommending these every month they come out. I can't even say the word. S. Aconite. But they do actual prose books on Marvel characters. On page 258 is Marvel Crisis Protocol Into the Dark Dimension. Dormammu, Lord of the Dark Dimension, Conquest of Earth is almost complete with the stranglehold on the mind of its citizens. Only a few have managed to resist him. To free the world, Doctor Strange must re- reassemble his Shadow Avengers. While Iron, I'm sorry, Tony Stark and his team of immoral tech geniuses cook up a tech defense to the mind control as the Shadow Avengers defend the Earth against those heroes under Dormammu's 
influence. It's up to Miss Marvel to enter the dark dimension and enlist an unthinkable enemy. For only Venom can help her destroy the evil sorcerer. Case in point, I only know how to say Dormammu because of the Doctor Strange movie. I used to call him Dormammu. On the See, other page, I know it was Dormammu because Fred Hembeck always made the joke, your mamu? Your mamu? On page 259 is the other one, Marvel Untold's Tyrant Skies. Victor Von Doom has many enemies, but he has a special loathing for the Red Skull. When the Red Skull creates a flying haven for the billionaire elite who share his deplorable values, Doom prepares himself for the worst. Because Latveria is beset by a rash of terrorist attacks, Doom's suspicions are confirmed. The Red Skull is coming for Doom's homeland. So now Doom must infiltrate the shielded microstate drifting in the skies above his nation state to save his people from annihilation. But finding a way on board the floating city is just the first in a series of trials that will test Dr. Doom to the limits of his beliefs, his strength, and his powers. So, since no omnibuses, I'm going to get me some prose books. Uh, also on that page, mm. we got a new uh, miniseries from Ahoy called Second Coming Trinity, the third in the Second Coming series. Back again, the book that turned the comic industry upside down. Oh, and it wasn't just to get your spare change. D Jesus Christ, the son of God, tackles his biggest challenge in 2000 years, babysitting a child with superpowers. Meanwhile, his roommate, the superhero called Sunstar, faces his greatest enemy, his own guilt in the court of love. I also want to point out right above that. Yes. A reprint of the Too Much Coffee Man comic series by Shannon Wheeler. I love Too Much Coffee Man. I buy all of Shannon Wheeler's cartooning books. But if you buy this trade paperback, and this is yeah. only if you pre-order it, it'll be signed by Shannon Wheeler. The so, very next page. Check it out. On page 260, a number of trades I'm going to point out. We talked about Second Coming just a minute ago. Volumes 1, Volume 2, and Trades go straight down. My Bad Volume 2, our good pal Peter Krause does the art for it. Very, very funny comic. And another comic that my daughters absolutely loved right across in Amazing Slave Labor. Anything from uh, Johnny Vasquez. You probably know him from a little property called... Vader uh... Zim. Thank you. See, even I can't remember it. But here's his stuff. Filler Bunny, The Collected Works, and down below, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Imagine if Nickelodeon wasn't keeping Johnny under wraps. <laughs> this is your chance to see it. I highly recommend all these books. And since you have no omnibuses, you got free cash this month. Well, you have no omnibuses. Can I, can I point out something I want absolutely no one to order? Sure. Because on page 264, way down on the corner, there's Night of the Living Dead. Revenants. I can't even say it. Revenants. Number one. There's a Judy photo cover signed by the actor Judith Ridley from the original Night of the Living Dead star. I really, really, really want this signed book. <laughs> None of you. None of you bastards order this. 
I'm almost ready to just order 50 of the damn things if I didn't have to prepay everything just to make sure I have it. I often think of that guy who used to do that on the Ebays. I'd see him every time Avatar or Broadway, or not Broadway, I'm doing it again, Broadsword would have, you know, this is the rare Lady Death version. Only 50s made. And on eBay, he'd be selling that same book for, I only have 50 copies available. So he obviously must have been going to Diamond and say, I'll take all 50. Whether he got them or not, I have no clue. Sometimes I would get them. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, they sold out. You didn't get one. Now he can't sell any of them. <laughs> you see how many boundless you can sell. Anyway, so totally ignore what I just said. Nobody buy that. Look away. Corey, what's next? Move on, please. Page 314. The Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers, Grassroots, and Other Follies. This is the third of seven standalone volumes compiling the complete Freak Brothers comic adaptations. Uh, reprints of The Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. This was a comic that, even after the undergrounds collapsed, still did well because stoner humor never gets old. Do you know it was the only Freak Brothers comic I ever had in my comic store brand new um the idiots abroad nope i think it was number 13 oh because they actually everything had been published previously and all of a sudden they published a number 13 and it was only and it's very expensive i believe on ebay because it came out years before the other series after the other series did no one collected it yeah i think it, i think it has been collected but nobody knew it was there but i had one <laughs> And uh, Fat Freddy's Cat. My uncle used to have Fat Freddy's Cat comics. Oh, yeah. Lying around that us kids could read. <laughs> That's how I learned about sex and drugs. Not from Fat Freddy's Cat, but from Freak Brothers. No, Fat Freddy's Cat was just gross cat jokes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe, what's next? On page 298. And I got to figure out who's publishing this. Sex Publishing. That's C-E-X. They have Joseph, 1957, number one. It's debuting the work of Italian superstar artist Fabio Ambu. You know about Lakaya, the cosmonaut dog sent into orbit on Sputnik 2, but no one knows about Joseph, the first gorilla in space. Born on Joseph Stalin's birthday and subjected to terrible genetic experiments, Joseph soon grew far too powerful. The leadership of the Soviet Union did all they could to stop him, but not everything went as planned. Two different covers, two-issue series, a little expensive, but it sounds intriguing. Corey? If you go to page 335 under Humanoid Press, this is offered again, but I don't think people outside of Minneapolis knew much about it. And that is MPLS Sound, which stands for Minneapolis Sound. The story of Starchild, a group that almost made it to stardom in 1983 under the wing of the artist formerly known as Prince, led by a young woman whose desire to change the world through music ignited a revolution. This is fiction, but it is fantastic. The people who did it knew everything about the Minneapolis music scene in the early 80s. And it's not just a history of what that scene was like but a well-told story about choosing art versus being famous. 
And anytime you give a character where they have to make a choice, you got a story. I loved this story. Absolutely loved this story. I read it. I think I reviewed it two years ago, and it's now back in print. Buy this book. It is fantastic. Joe? On page 230, I'm sorry, 326, Humanoids, Black Cat Social Club. It's a story of three punk rock witches, Alice, Hazel, and Maggie, who cast spells with their songs to battle corporate demon jerks, defeat rival witch bands, and save the world. And try to get to the next gig. But what happens is one of the women, and I'm trying to think out who, oh, the ba- the bassist, bassist, just, she's discouraged. So Hazel sells her soul to a demon for more magical power, prompting lead singer Alice to step in and assume the debt herself. And there's other stories as the band is killing it at their shows. The downside they may literally be killing the entire world by fueling these corporate demons' evil plans. What sold me were the three pages of art and story on it, and I actually love it because the demon shows up and he's just like, uh, I, I got an alert on my phone. Didn't you just wish for power? He's like, are you a demon? What, what was it, the horns, brimstone stench? Good things were in the bathroom, right? Yes, I'm a demon. My name is Peter. Did you wish for power or not? And she's like, yes, I want more power. You want demonic power for something that isn't selfish or destructive? Interesting. So this one actually sounds interesting. And if I may, I'll continue on, because Humanoids also has one on the following page, 330, The Twilight Man, Rod Serling, and The Birth of Television. I reviewed that a while back. That is really good. Yeah. And I don't know if they're re-offering this or if this is a reprint. But it's it's a couple pages of art is sold me, and I am really interested. I know there's been a book at Dreamhaven, maybe it was this one, that talked about Rod Sterling and the birth of television in the Twilight Zone. And I'm really, I mean, there, you got some awesome stuff between the Minneapolis Sound, between Black Social Club, the Twilight Man. And we even talk about, Lug, Lug, I can't even say his name, Guzzi, the rise and fall of Hollywood's Dracula. So humanoids have got some Lugosi. good books. Lugosi, thank you. I knew I was muffling that one. So what else you got for us, Mr. S? If you go to page 374, 2000 AD is putting out what they call essentials. And I want to point these out because if you, I read these back in the 80s. They were already classics. These are the first four essential Judge Dredd. First is Origins, which is by John Wagner and Carlos Esquarza, that basically setting up the world of Judge Dredd. Then, if you go down, there is Apocalypse War by John Wagner and Alan Grant. When the citizens of Mega City One's massive city blocks declare war on each other, Judge Dredd realizes this is a prologue to an all-out nuclear attack by East Meg One, which is the Soviet massive city. As warheads rain down, Dredd leaves a brave guerrilla resistance inside the Sov forces, building to an earth-shattering decision that shakes his world to its core. This was the first big, long Judge Dredd story. 
leading to the essential Judge Dread, Dread versus Death. Judge Death comes from a dimension where life is a crime. And he and the Dark Judges invade Mega City One. This is the John Wagner, Brian Boland, unbelievably cool comic that all of your Judge Dread stuff that you saw in the 80s, 90s, and etc., all of that art came from here because it's Brian Boland. And this was Brian Boland basically kicking so much ass that DC hired him. <laughs> Then up above is the sequel, which is Necropolis, which is Mega City One is under siege from the Dark Judges. Judge Dredd has been exiled to the harsh wastelands of the Cursed Earth, and time is out for the citizens he once swore to protect. Will, the, with the body count rising and hope running out, will the judges be able to turn back the tide of death? This is the second uh, Drudge Dredd versus the Dark Judges story. These are just kick-ass, fantastic comics. And if Judge Dredd ended with these four books, it would still be enough that he's a classic character. Never mind that he's been around for, what, 45 years going on? Yeah, 45 years. These are fantastic comics. If you've never read them, you owe it to yourself to pick them up. They're so good. They're so fun and so well done. Joe? I've got a couple from Scout Comics. Let's go back to page 376. Codename, Ric Flair, Magic, 8-Ball. <laughs> I and read Nate, this and could boy. not stop laughing. Oh, man. he Did you know Nature Boy Ric Flair, the Rolex-wearing, diamond-kissing-wearing, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-riding, jet-flying son-of-a-gun, is regarded as many as the greatest professional wrestler of all time. And he finally has his own comic series, which details his factor fiction forays as an international super spy in the 1980s and 1990s think of it he goes world round he's he, he's all over the place wrestling well says he might not do a little espionage the series purports that flair who did in fact travel around the world for wrestling matches was also a secret agent for the u.s government using his persona as the ultimate wrestling heel as the perfect cover Different, speaking of covers, there's three to choose from. I think I'm going with the George Durati cover because it's got Rick in his robe going, woo! Across from it is Count Dante. Yes, that's the one I was going to point yep, out. The most deadliest man alive. If you ever read comic books, you know that because you saw the ad. You knew if you studied under him, you too would know his secrets. And in this case, Sidney Brown re relives his years fighting alongside Count Dante, an iconic and controversial karate master from the 1970s. But while the reporter is interviewing him, he his I'm sorry, while but while the reporter interviewing him is excited to hear the salacious details of a crazy life, it is clear the time is bittersweet for Brown. Two covers to choose from, six issue miniseries. Lord knows how long the Ric Flair one's going to go on, probably until the CIA shuts it down. So a couple good ones from Scout. Yeah, if this is if this is close to the life story of Count Dante, it's going to be really, really cool because the guy was um, uh, he was such a, he was a con man. Mm -hmm. The big thing was that he ran a dojo in Chicago 
and they were an outlaw dojo, which meant that when they had meets, they wouldn't follow the rules. And it was a lot, it was much more like MMA fighting than the typical karate tournaments of the time. But the dude was well known to be a con man, well known that he wasn't really good at karate and all sorts of stories have been floating around him for years. And even now people are trying to sort out what was real and what wasn't really looking forward to that one. They look for Chuck Berry. Chuck Barris. Chuck Berry was more uh, 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 king, the inventor of rock and roll and the inventor of uh, putting uh, video cameras in the women's restroom. And we'll be back (laughs) with more stuff right after this. Uh, Joe, what's next? Uh, under still under Scout Comics, but under their Chispa imprint, Black Demon Tales. Mexican naval researcher Bella Gonzalez is wounded in an attack by a massive shark. She decide, dedicates herself to destroying it. But can science eradicate something as ancient and supernatural as the Black Demon? Black Demon Tales is an anthology based on the lore of real Mexican fishermen blended with indigenous beliefs. And either now or will soon be a major motion picture. Three issue miniseries with a big ass shark on it. I'll have to see if Gruber approves because Gruber loves his sharks. Yeah, but he doesn't like the kind of shark movies I like. He doesn't like like two headed shark, mega shark versus giant octopus. He doesn't like any of those. He did like Hookjaw, but I think he ended up giving the collection to Butch. By the way, if you go to page 394, a new book from Tomorrow's Cliffhanger, the cinematic superheroes of the serials. Hold on tight as historian Christopher Irving explores the origins of the first on-screen superheroes, the comic creators and filmmakers who brought them to life. Touches on the early days of the film serial to his explosion as a juvenile medium of the 30s and 40s. See how uh, characters like Superman, Captain America, Spy Smasher, and Captain Marvel dovetailed with the early film adventures, um, interviews with all sorts of people who were involved. There are tons and tons and tons of books on serials. I know I've read a lot of them. But Tomorrow's always is able to dig in and find stuff that other people don't cover and stuff they don't know. And also because this is going to be focusing on the tie in between the comics and the, the cliffhangers, uh, serials, I, it, it, it's a different angle that any of those books have taken. So I'm excited about this one. Tomorrow says yet to disappoint me, Joe. <laughs> pee pee poo poo. <laughs> From Silver Sprocket on page 379. <laughs> pee pee poo poo, number 421 shot. Oh, I'm sure Carolyn Cash is. It's, it's a gay modern take on the 1960s underground comic. I'm sorry. It's, it, it's her take on, on it. It discovered the bloody dread of paying your freelancer taxes for the first time. Feel the surreal peace of waking up after your world has ended. Bond over the possibility of puking in a bar icebox. Comes with a cardstock foil cover, and it's, <laughs> I get to say it on the, on the podcast. <laughs> pee, pee, poo, poo. Corey, 
The last thing I want to point out is page 419 and 420. These are magazines that I get every time, but I do want to point out Heavy Metal, Volume 2, Number 3. The third issue of the relaunch, even though we haven't got the first issue yet. There is a cover by Greg Hildebrandt. Let's hope he gets paid. What? What? Heavy Metals had trouble paying people? And that's why they got bought by a new company? And then on page two, on page 420, I did look at Z2 Comics. I didn't see any of the uh, bands that I was interested in. But we do have, from Warrant Publishing, Vamprellis Carmella Magazine, issue 15. And I like the black and white horror books. I actually sat down and read a bunch this weekend that had been piling up. And if you like that sort of thing, you'll like it. I'm not going to say you're going to pick it up and go, wow, this is brilliant. But if you like short horror short stories and you have a fondness for the Warren stuff of the 60s and 70s, you're real. It it hits you in that sweet spot. I really like it. Joe. <laughs> boop, boop, beep, beep. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm page 395. Uncharted Wilderness Studio presents the world of tomorrow. Let's see, Giles Clark, Keenan. Elovic in 1950s Hollywood. Craig Bestow, the burnt out lead actor of a failing sci fi TV show, The World of Tomorrow, ends up believing he is actually the show's main character. Captain Carl Armstrong, after a failed mob hit, leaves him delusional. Now, with the mob on his tail and his, his studio boss at his throat, he must find a way to save his show and his sanity all before the final 5 p.m. broadcast. Anything else, Corey? I don't have any other comics. Okay, I only got two more. One I'm going to point out on your Vault Comics, Money Shot Comes Again. <laughs> it's a comedy drama and hot alien sex. Money Shot will have you coming back for more. That's from Monkeys Fighting Robot. So if you've enjoyed the original series, Writers Team Sealy, artist Garcia Lagresi are back. A giant ass space jellyfish who runs the order universe arrives on Earth. The porn stars come science explorer must put away grudges, crushes, and side hustles to once again take one or two or three for the team. <laughs> Boy, we're covering everything for that explicit rating, aren't we? On page... I'm confused. You're confused. You're confused. Let's go back to page 395. Maple Terrace under Uncivilized Comics. Noah Van Shaver. From a multi-award winning cartoonist comes the brand new three-part autobiographical comic series. Hilarious and forlorn stories from the author's childhood surrounded by 1990 comics, cartoons, and toys. It's uh, <laughs> a painful nostalgia. Noah was a regular contributor to Mad Magazine, has written and drawn some numerous best-selling graphic novels, including One Dirty Tree from Uncivilized. And let's see, Fante Borowski, struggling writer for Fantagraphics. So three-issue series, uh, the fact that it takes place in the, in the 90s, kind of caught my attention because, of course, that's when I owned Hot Comics. And the final thing I have is on for comics is on page 408. Griffin number one from What Not Publishing. 
Ben Kahn and Bruno Hidalio are the creative team behind, how do you say that? Ignaz award, award-winning series, Heavenly Blues. So they did that. They're doing Griffin, six-issue miniseries. In the distant future, mankind has taken to the stars and spread across the galaxy. They've encountered hundreds of worlds, met dozens of species, and crushed them all in the iron fist of humanity. Humans reign over the Milky Way as a fascist empire known as the Sovereign Reach, and their most feared soldier is the merciless Captain Lita Griffin. Six months ago, they disappeared. One week ago, they returned, changed, radicalized. Now they want to bring down the empire they once served. She has a new mission to recruit a crew of rogue officers and mad scientists and set fire to the galaxy, no matter how many get burnt along the way. Six issue series. No idea if they're ever going to do a graphic novel. And they do have a number of variant covers. And this one caught my attention. I think it sounds like it'd be kind of fun. And that's it comic wise. Shall we flip this over? Sure. Or Brian. And if you know me, you know, my for Brian is the easiest one I've ever done. Not Yeah, yeah. Just a, a piece of cake. Go to page 17, Joe. Page 17. I'm there. Marvel Gallery comic. MODOK Deluxe PVC Diorama. It's MODOK, the mental organization di- de- designated only for killing. Standing approximately 11 inches tall, this deluxe diorama features detailed sculpting and paint applications, comes packaged in a full-color window box. It's MODOK! 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 And if that isn't impressive enough, Corey, you have a choice. You may go back to page M7 or forward to page 18, because there is Marvel Legends in 3D comic Moon Knight one-half scale bust. Another Diamond Select toy release. The Fist of Kanushu is a legend in Egypt, and now he's a legend in 3D. Mark Spector is the newest entry in the L3D line with a 10-inch half-scale bust of him in his tattered Moon Knight garb. Set atop an Egyptian-inspired base, this portrait features detailed sculpting and paint applications. Only 1,000 pieces made. Slightly more expensive than Modoc, but there's only 1,000 pieces colored in a full-color box with a certificate of authenticity. Go, go, go. What are you waiting for? It to be MODOK. Well, oh, yeah, there is that. Or on page 37. 37? I know. You could you could get a Men in Black Neutralizer, the limited edition prop replica. Uh, or the Men in Black 2. It's only a mere 600 bucks. <laughs> I bought a signed comic book for 600 bucks. For Come 600 on. bucks, it ought to actually work. It might. Come on, Brian. Only limited to 1,997 pieces. The Men in Black 2 has got 2,002 pieces. Get it? The year the movie came out? Yes. You know who does it charge 700 bucks for their services, Joe? Well, wait a minute. I got more for Brian. I, I'm, I'm, oh. I've got all sorts of stuff. I, I want this guy to go broke or at very least get arrested for what's on his desk. Because, like, on page 45... The Lord of the Rings Tower of Orthotic Environment statue. Could you imagine how cool that would? Putting a big glass eyeball on top of that sucker. Only $99.99. And of course, I'm not totally heartless. I do have some things that are cheaper. <sighs> on page 38 was a ice tickle. This was a brain tickle from way back. 
the Snoopy is Joe Cool motorized model kit because I had one of these things as a kid. You basically it's a snap together Snoopy and it has a battery operated motor and it goes back and forth and back and forth. This thing goes back to 1973, which tells you something about how old I am. And I was looking at this just marveling and my wife's like, no, you're not getting it. I said, it's not for me, but it just, the fact that I had totally forgotten I ever had one of these. And of course I was terrible at models. So I always had snap togethers. <sighs> but if you're feeling like buns are tight, fine. Go back to page 33. Longbach heroes, five inch figures. You can have Barry classic hack, classic madman. There's a Grendel there. Only 25 bucks. Mr. Monster, the goon, the tick, tick in disguise. So these are all, I believe, five-inch figures. So they're a lot like, uh, not too bad. For 25 bucks, that's a good deal. Just looking off the top of my head, I would probably pick up, I think I have a Madman, but he's nine-inch. I'd probably do Madman, Cassie Hack, Grendel, and Mr. Monster. Maybe the Tick, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how, I don't have a lot of omnibuses this month, so. I got I got some funds to play with. Who else has funds to play with, Corey? These guys, our sponsors. Woohoo! Our newest sponsor is NordVPN. Let's be honest, if you're out on the internet, you need a VPN to protect you. There's all sorts of things going on on the internet where people can track you. You could accidentally download a keylogger. Uh, all sorts of things. NordVPN gives the best security possible. It has a password manager, which generates complex passwords, syncs across all your devices, stores your notes and credit card information. It also gives you 10 gigabytes of private cloud storage, um, secure files that backs up your data automatically. But the main thing it gives you is peace of mind. It gives you peace of mind when you're um, out on the internet, when you're streaming, when you're playing games, when you're listening to podcasts like this one. It gives you safety anywhere at any time. It protects your online activity. You get full access to all content. And if you use the link, go.nordvpn.net sh3ku, it'll take you to where you could get a great deal for a one-month plan, a two-year plan, a one-year plan. They are our newest sponsor. We're happy to have them. And if you would like to sponsor something here at any of the podcasts on the Solitaire Rose Network, you can. Just email me, network at gmail.com. Thanks. And me with all these other podcasts. The Solitaire Rose Radio Network is currently on a pause, basically because COVID-19 has made it so that uh, I have to work a lot of extra hours at both jobs, but you can still go and listen to my other podcasts. Now, you're probably listening to Crazy Comics and Stories, which is the main podcast, but on this same feed, K-R-A-Y-Z-C-O-M-I-X, is Solitaire Rose Radio, the solo radio podcast that I do. Um, I've done interviews, I've done short stories, I've done all sorts of things, and you can get to it right here on this same feed. I also do a podcast called Novelcast, where I take the novels I've written and turn them into free audiobooks. That's over at novels.solitairerose.com. Dangerous Dan Moore and I 
and of course Wolfie Be Bad, give you bad advice over at badadvice.solitairerose.com. You send in your questions, and we give you the aforementioned bad advice. And then myself and Adam Vermillion from For the Love of Comics do the Fantastic Forecast at fantasticforecast.solitairerose.com where we go through the issues of the Fantastic Four, four issues at a time, to give the plot and commentary on each issue. That's not all. Yes, I'm crazy. I still, over at pwinsiderelite.com, every week on Wednesday, do a recap of the latest episode of AEW Dynamite. I write up what happened, and then myself and Anthony Pyrus will do an audio. Now, you can only listen to the audio if you're a member at pwinsiderelite.com, and if you're a wrestling fan, you should be, where we then break down the episode, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, give it a grade, and let you know if you should have watched that episode. Those are the other podcasts here at the Solitaire Rose Radio Network. Thanks. Jeez, people, I think Corey's got a life? Hell no. Hell no. Um, Let's see. We will forego the retro review because Joe has a birthday today. Yay, I got and he, cake in he six wants minutes. To, he wants to spend it with his family. I do. Can you imagine? Like a loser. Like yeah. And the only reason Corey's upset is because we're not having pie. Otherwise, we'd be doing this face-to-face. So let's do do Freaking and Geeking, Joe. What are you freaking on? All right. I'm just going to – one thing that I'm freaking on. I had ordered an Incredible Hulk 181 double ace. It's a Wizard Ace double sketch by Herb Trim. It's basically a reprint, of course, of the first appearance of Wolverine. But inside it, Herb Trimp had double sketch, not only a little Wolverine sketch, but a Batman or a Hulk as well. So, and of course, it comes with a certificate of authenticity lost in the mail. Not stolen. The person I got it from who sells under the the uh, Fuchs. Fukes, I'll just spell it. F E W K E S 1959. He says apparently Royal Mail got hacked and they are still trying to recover from it. And he feels that it's still locked in their system. But he did give me a refund, anyways. At least I think he did. He, the sale's been canceled. I imagine a refund's on the way, which I thought was very generous of him. He still thinks it will show up to me and although i'm pretty sure he doesn't believe me if it does i will figure out a way to pay him for that and this would become a geeking so in a, in a way it is a it is a geeking because uh you know he, he took care of me and that's kind of what i would do too uh you don't get something i'll take the hit that's just the way it is because you know i'm selling tons of crap on ebay still still i would have loved to have that double sketch by herb trimp <sighs> who knows maybe Anyways, Carter, what you freaking on? Um, if you were a wrestling fan in the Midwest in the 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s, you knew who Sod Buster Kenny J was. He was one of the guys whose job was to make other wrestlers look good. They call them carpenters. They call them bricklayers. Job guys. 
Kenny J was the AW one of the two big AWA job guys. Joe, who was the other? Mike Scrap Iron Kadaski. That's right. And every year, now we didn't know this down in Illinois, but I guess every year they would have Kenny J and, and George Kadaski wrestle, to, and it was the Battle of the Losers. <laughs> And they traded a trophy back and forth until uh, Scrap Iron lost it because, well, there's a lot of stories about him and Bobby Heenan's book. But after Kenny J retired from wrestling, he did a lot of good charity work around the Twin Cities. Uh, Down in Savage, he would have an annual wrestling event, all proceeds going to charity. He and Mick Karch were very close. They worked together on Steel Domain Wrestling and other places. Kenny J passed away last week. And when I when I mentioned this to Mike Johnson, he was like, I don't know a lot about him because he never left the AWA, never went anywhere else. Although he was involved in training Muhammad Ali for the very famous horrible fight between Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki. And he was kind of uh, Muhammad Ali's first wrestler he fought. And Kenny was supposed to lose, but Muhammad Ali knocked him out in the third round. (laughs) It was supposed to go to the end for Muhammad Ali to knock him out. No, Muhammad Ali tagged him, knocked him out for real. Uh, But I let Mike Johnson know, Mike didn't know, a lot about him and just kind of grab stuff from Wikipedia. So I let Mick Karch know and Mick wrote up this beautiful um, remembrance of Kenny J and sent it into PW Insider. They ran it and sounds like he was just a great guy. I've been to a couple of the charity events he ran. They were very much kind of like AWA reunion shows and just a shame that a lot of the people that we grew up with are passing away. Joe, what you geeking on? It's my birthday. I'm going to eat cake. And pretty much everything at the beginning of the show. Corey, what you geeking I, on? I have a book in my hand. I'm from, shocked. From Clover Press, The Continental Op by Dashnell Hammett. The Continental Op was one of Dashnell Hammett's uh, detectives like Sam Spade. But this was his other character that he used in Black Mask magazine. So what John Snyder has done is gather together 10 of the, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six of the stories and uh, reprinted them with illustrations. John K. Snyder, you may know from his time when he worked on Grendel. He also had a series called Fashion in Action. He is a big fan of detective stories and crime novels. This is from Clover Press. It's $19.99, but they were selling it at half price. And I have never read these Dashnell Hammett stories. Love Dashnell Hammett. Uh, Maltese Falcon, one of the greatest movies ever made. And I remember I saw it was like, oh, this is so good. And then I read the novels. Wow, the novel's just as good. Except we never do find out who kills the chauffeur. But uh, head on over to Clover Press's website. It's still on sale at cloverpress.us. Believe it or not, kids, you've listened to us blather on about funny books for two hours. Thank you. And as we say every week, 
Happy birthday to you. Yay. Happy birthday to you. Yay. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday to you. To me.